Hi, I'm Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, and I'm the host of CPOV Autographs at CertainPOV.com. It is a bi-weekly interview series where I interview folks from all over the arts, from writers to comedians to magicians to musicians, even actors, historians, podcasters, pretty much anyone who's willing to chat with me for a little bit. If you like interesting conversations with even more interesting people, go to CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, music is life and life is good. You're listening to the GBN Golden Red Broadcasting Network. Trainers at your ready, and welcome to the Champion's Path. Hello, Johto! You're listening to the Goldenrod Broadcast Network. Welcome to The Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast. As always, I'm your Poke host, Matty Limerick, and on today's show, I'm joined by Matt, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an official podcast of yours because I've been a guest on it, right? Because I've done it's... the tour at this point. Literally, it's true. <laughs> it wouldn't be, you know, it, it just wouldn't be, but... If for some reason someone doesn't know you at this point, give us the cliff notes of who you are. Sure. Uh, again, my name is Matt. Uh, I am a podcast host, editor, and producer. Um, I have, some might say, too many podcasts. Uh, you may be familiar with my video game podcast, Fun and Games. You might be familiar with my TV and movie podcast, Green Snark, uh, both of which Maddie has been a guest on. I also do a Mass Effect podcast called reignite though by the time you hear this it may not be a mass effect podcast anymore we may have moved on to other subject matter um <gasps> gasp uh and then of course i do an interview series which maddie maddie has actually been on everything except the mass effect podcast uh yeah. so but as it continues to grow as a retrospective eventually we'll play a game that you'll want to come on and talk about and so I or mean, i'll get you to finally play mass effect I mean, Reignite has gotten me to want to play Mass Effect, so it's right. not for lack of trying. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it is it out for the Switch? It's uh, no, the Switch. it's there's it's rumors it that it's coming. Okay, yeah. listen, if they do a remaster, I will get it because I just you know living on a boat, I can't cart uh, uh, systems with me, so the Switch yeah. is real easy. So. For sure, it's it's. I want to play Mass Effect, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've I've been podcasting for about a decade, uh, and most of my work has been independent. Though recently, I became a freelance editor for the Game Informer show, which is Game Informer, of course, one of the still running largest uh, video game publications in the world, um, and so that's pretty dope. But yeah, that's that's the short short version that still wasn't that short. <laughs> I mean, it's for for someone that does as much as you do. I say that is <laughs> that is the short elevator pitch of it. So, uh, a lot of people might remember you were on our Pokemon 25th anniversary special where we okay. talked about the anime, and then I was on Funny Games where we kind of talked about the legacy of Pokemon and the games and whatnot. But why don't you sum up again for us, kind of what your background around Pokemon is? Yeah, sure. So I've been playing Pokemon pretty much since the original games came out on the Game Boy. The first version I actually played was a, uh, let's say, less than legal version of the first game, uh, but the unreleased fan translated version of the uh of pokemon green um because bulbasaur is my favorite from the anime and so i was like i want bulbasaur so i want that one not understanding that you get all you can get the three of them in any of them um 
but yeah, and so I played it on floppy disk. See, we had these disks, three and a half A floppies, and they would go in. Never mind. Um, I'm very old. I love your stories, Grandpa. Um, but yeah, and so I've been playing the game since. Uh, I did have a drop off in college. Um, I stopped around uh, Diamond. I just didn't like Diamond and Pearl that much, so I didn't mm -hmm. finish them. And then I came back. A friend of mine years later, right before Black one and black two black and white two came out bought me black and white one which i loved and then bought myself black and white two um the only gen that i ever skipped and never played was gen two which i'm in the process of remedying i got a copy of heart gold from a friend and so i am <gasps> i have started i know he sold it to me it was not cheap but was worth it uh and so i'm playing that on my 3ds um i've only just started but i am going to remedy not having played gen two um, and as of when we are talking, I have uh, beaten but not completed Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Scarlet. And I, of course, earlier this year uh, completed uh, Legends Arceus, which was the first Pokedex I think I've completed since the first Pokedex. Because I'm not nice. I'm not a got to catch them all kind of yep. person. I'm a I want to see the story. Oh, I finished the story. Great. I'm done. I, I do think. Uh, um rcs and then also scarlet and violet to scarlet and violet to point have larger decks but i would say the games are making them fairly attainable to complete the decks especially if you have friends to give you the because there aren't really that many um game exclusives except for the paradox pokemon they are very different per game but um you know, I think I'm enjoying the idea of completing the decks in a way that I've literally never cared about doing before. Same. Um, and I, I still haven't started Legends of Arceus, though hopefully by the time this show actually comes out, I will have finished the game. Uh, you know, time. It's a thing. It's weird. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm about halfway through Scarlet and Violet right now. And uh, if anybody's been on the Discord, it's been quite the saga of me playing through Shining, uh, Shining Pearl and then... Um, going right into violet and i'm like guys i hate both of these but i'm <laughs> learning i'm learning to love violet for exactly what it is and she's a delightful cousin i think to the rest of the pokemon franchise and so you know i just i'm i'm enjoying but it, it is something that like i'm always kind of try to give a pokemon uh game the opportunity to wow me or just exist because i want to give them those monies um now did you collect or play the card game when it first came out so I collected the cards, but in a similar mm -hmm. way to collecting Marvel cards and other things, I never played the game. Um, I collected very few Yu-Gi-Oh, some Pokemon. Most of my card collecting uh, TCG life was with Magic the Gathering. Um, mm -hmm. I had I'm friends so who played you. a lot of Pokemon cards. And now in my adulthood, like friends and I will hang out on our, our private Discord and it's what, someone will buy a box for the serotonin and then just open the, the, de the, the booster packs on stream. And we'll like yeah. wow at the mm -hmm, at the V Maxes mm -hmm. and stuff and the shinies, but um, yeah, I never really played the game. Um, I, I've always been curious about it. I know there is an online version of the TCG now. Yes, uh, that yes. certain folks play, uh, but I have not dove into that. Uh, I've gotten into a lot of Pokemon spinoffs, but the card game is not not one of them. Nate, so just funny, I'll put this plug in now. Everybody should be used to this at this point. Um, and, but I'm giving away a TCG uh, code with every episode. Uh, so you can... The nice thing I like about the TCG app is, unlike the Magic 
app where you get to a certain point and you just can't play anymore without the paywall pokemon never requires you to actually buy any cards to play and have a good deck online and the more you play they give you coins in the game and you can buy digital cards using those coins you don't actually have to but if you do buy real life cards you get that code and your deck or your booster pack or your elite trainer box gets loaded into your game and so it's one of those if you want to spend money you can but you don't have to i really enjoy it um, just because again i like playing the card game it's very simple because it is magic light because let's be honest it's built for six-year-olds like this game is built for six to i think 86 or whatever it is but like because we have people from the age of six through i think some of the oldest competitors are in their 50s playing the card game so it is it is a good time but uh you are much like everyone else at this point who has said well i collected the cards early on but you know i don't think anybody played and it was like yeah legit nobody nobody (laughs) but alex lavelle played alex is the only (laughs) one so far unsurprising it's true, but I actually think this episode will come out before Alex's because <laughs> you, you, well, you and Jeff, I'm putting back to back because I thought that was fun. Very I, that, that is fun. I um, like that. I appreciate uh, that. But yeah, and then Alex's will be shortly after. But yeah, I think Alex is the only one that actually played early on, and then I played much later when I was in college. You know, being a 31 year old person in undergrad, decided it was fun to play Pokemon. <laughs> Look, if anyone so, follows your podcast, they know you're a late bloomer. There was some Catholicism true. involved early on that screwed everything oh, up. No. Oh, evangelical Christianity. Oh, Christianity. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's very true. Late blooming, those kinds of things. But uh, yeah. So what has been your kind of general consensus being someone who plays quite a few video games? You're kind of on the forefront of knowing what's coming out with video games and and kind of knowing what's happening in the industry. What has kind of been your take on your experience in Scarlet and Violet so far? So... Ultimately, I enjoyed the game. My biggest thing about Scarlet, which is the one that I played, is that it has some of the best writing and characters, I think, in the franchise's history. Um, Arvin is a character that I actually care for. I care for his (gasps) Mabu staff. I care... For the 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 characters that you meet, I think the three paths was a good idea. I don't think all of the paths got the love that they needed to flesh them out. But something that I won't get into here because it's spoilers. But the last two hours of the game are unlike any other Pokemon game ever, and that's including Arceus, which was also wild in the last few hours. So mm-hmm. I think they're getting better at narrative crafting now. Of course, the bugs were bad, the poppins bad, graphics don't look yep. good. Um, but I don't really care. I was still able to play the game. I had no crashes and very few like game breaking bugs. Um, And the thing I think that sets Scarlet apart from any of the other games is that the key legendary that's on the box, you have from moment one, you meet him in the first, I say him, but them um, in the, in the first like 10 minutes of the game and they are literally with you the entire game and you develop a relationship with them. There are comical moments with them, several like they have a personality and like I have a ton of favorite legendaries across the series, but most of them, they're either a thing to be caught or like in the more recent generations like sword and shield and Arceus and a few others, like they're in your party sooner or like you interact with them a bunch throughout the game. But like, this game, it's not just a checklist. Like, you actually get to have moments with that character. Um, is it my favorite Pokemon game of all time? No. Is it my favorite Pokemon game from the year it came out, 2022? No, I liked Arceus better. But yeah. I think I enjoyed... I definitely enjoyed the game more than the internet did. I think 
while a lot of the graphical gripes are valid, a lot of the complaints were overblown. I think if you're not enjoying the game, you're not enjoying the game. But it it it's not the graphics that are the problem only. Agreed. I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's stemmed in other stuff. Um, I think also the fact that Game Freak pushed out two games in one year mm-hmm. is a lot. Um, and we also got Brilliant Diamond and Shiny Pearl this year, which was it was a separate team. It was a it was a different team that worked on that. But like three yeah. Pokemon games in one year, that's a lot of Pokemon. And I played all three of them. And I think mm-hmm. like and the remake was good. I actually enjoyed Brilliant Diamond more than I enjoyed regular Pearl, which is what I had growing up. But and finished it. But yeah, I think that the biggest problem with Scarlet and Violet is that they're just rushing to fit it onto this hardware. I mean, the theory is that there was supposed to be a Nintendo Switch Pro at some point, and that's when they started mm-hmm. development, and then that got canned for the OLED, so they just had to make it work. I don't know. It's it's you know, I'm sure there's crunch and other things. It's really hard mm-hmm. to know. They play that pretty close to the vest. But um, I think that, you know, ultimately I don't think it's a bad game. And the last two hours of the game make it one of the most interesting games in Pokemon history, uh, which is weird because it's just a weird thing to say, right? Like, you know, Pokemon always had interesting writing, but this game especially, I think, does something really unique that I really enjoyed. And I wish that was in literally the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. I... I do. I'm about to say I keep going into the Discord, and I mean at this point when we're recording this, um, but like I am to a point where I'm really enjoying it. I got past Ione and the the Electric Gym, and it's really shaping up to be a game I'm enjoying. I love the bond that I'm having with my Pokemon. Um, I'm liking how accessible so many Pokemon are. I think that's mm-hmm. been a lovely aspect of it. I do continue to think that it's almost a little too open world for my liking because the actual open world aspects that we want, there's still a narrative crunch on you. And yeah. like you can't truly do it out of out of thing. And, and I found the map to be overwhelming and not particularly helpful because I am the kind of neurodivergent that loves a map. Um, yeah. And map is saying Pokemon are always very straightforward and you know exactly <laughs> what to do. But again, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm always loving to see them attempt to do new things. And between Arceus and this, it's clear they have a direction for Pokemon. I also think that we're in a really weird spot where... They didn't do a ton for the 20th, but it was a heavily celebrated uh, franchise. Mm -hmm. And that kind of started a six year period. I think we got like, including mobile games, somewhere between eight and 10 games in five years. And that is just astronomical for the kind of company because Pokemon Company and Game Freak handle everything in house now. Like with the exception of bringing in freelancers, they, I mean, because we saw it when, you know, Pokemon company took the game, the, the TV show over from four kids and all of their merchandise is handled in house now through the Pokemon center. Like it is very to, you know, to their chest and that helps with secrecy. It helps with, with, um, development. Um, but you know, somebody else pondered that they had almost all the parts they needed for the, the switch pro, but they didn't have enough like when they actually went and decided not to do that and they did the OLA, the OLED instead, they went, mm, we don't have quite the drivers we needed. So we're going to use the five drivers we have. And yeah. I, I think that has a lot to do with it, but I'm also excited to hopefully they'll keep patching. I think at the point that we're recording, they've done two patches. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm hoping that, you know, when the, cause they announced the NX, the Knicks, whatever that is like yeah. uh, about three or four weeks ago. So like the week after the game came out or it was the week before. So I'm hoping that when that comes out and we're, you, we know breath of the wild two will be out on that is that we're kind of get a version of this game on that, that maybe will support this game a little more. Yeah. Um, I'm, I should I'm also, enjoying... cla- I should also clarify yeah, before yeah, yeah. that uh brilliant diamond came out last year as of when we're recording, yes. not this year, but, I still think though, like they were all really close together though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like, even like the DLC for sword and shield came out less than a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. maybe two years ago at this point. No, I think it was about a year and a half ago. And like, we, they're already, you know, the leak happened. So like, we know the DLC is coming for Scarlet and Violet. Like we just know what's happening. Um, It would make sense that this game gets even larger for it to be, having as many glitches but again i'm like you i haven't really had that much that made it unplayable i'm the person that i love you know figure action figures in the wrong boxes i love mistakes i love i love bootlegs and things so i love anything that's just a little off and so i'm actually enjoying anything that's been a little off about it any weird character animations anytime i do something strange as a the character i'm actually really enjoying it um it also has but some of the best new Pokemon in the franchise. <gasps> Agreed. Like, uh, like uh, a lot like of people Doc, said it's Doxbin Hound or whatever his uh-huh. name is. Like the the bread dog um, that becomes <gasps> Fido uh-huh. that becomes mm-hmm. the giant. Like like it has an ability that it can't be affected by fire because it's baked. Right. It's, a, it's the best. Like they have and some of the so- new Pokemon are just really great, and I really love them. Also, like when everybody joked that the dolphin has a second level and all it gets is the heart, but then nobody was talking that it gets a third evolution that is a literal, like, telenovela character. Like, it is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, I mean, the starters are just sweet little cream puffs that are just delightful. Like, I, I, there is not for me a misstep in any of the pokemon designs in this current yeah. game i think it's lovely and i would like to see us keep moving forward with that i wish there was a four few more regional variants with this one but with mm-hmm. the paradox pokemon i understand why um but uh how i guess do you have a favorite game out of all of them that you've played and why is that when your favorite game so my favorite pokemon game in the entire history of the franchise is pokemon x and y uh, x specifically mm-hmm. because it has my favorite legendary and it's one of the few stories that like at that point it had the mega evolutions which i thought were a cool mm-hmm. idea but it also it was the first time i remember there being a story since black and white one and two that really resonated with me in a way that like i was like okay yeah i'm still doing the tournament but there's mm-hmm. this whole other story uh, that's really fascinating and that is just not like previous stories that come before like diving into the history of the Pokemon and where they came mm-hmm. from this thought that they might actually have been ancient humans or evolved from humans and like wanting to t- you know and then the great villain of the game wants to take us back to that time and like it's it, it's just I think it's a really interesting and Team Flare I thought was a, a good type of the team rocket formula i really just enjoyed how that game played out i thought it was really pretty for a 3ds game i actually don't Mm -hmm. own my copy anymore i need to repurchase it at some point but yeah i to this day it remains one of my favorites you know in a close second of course is the original pokemon yellow just because i was a fan of the anime Mm -hmm. and i could walk Mm -hmm. around with pikachu Mm -hmm. and something that's standard in the games now being able to walk around with your partner pokemon but yeah i uh i don't love the starters in that game but i 
I don't yeah. dislike them either. Um, I was having, I think Chespin was in that one and he was my, my mm. choice. I think that was that, that Jen. I yeah. can't remember. I yes. get, I, I get yeah. my wife. And I went, and I went with Finnegan in that one just because right. beautiful Finnick Fox, like it just made sense. And sure. also the psychic, psychic fire. I rarely pick fire. Like I think that and Cyndaquil have been the only times I've ever picked a fighter, fire starters. So I, I really, I'm trying to think what was the water chess pin, chessman Finnegan. And Oh, everyone's screaming at us right now. Yeah. Um, Oh, Oshawa. No. Oshawa. Was yeah. that Oshawa? Yes. Uh, yeah, Oshawa, I believe, baby. debuted in this one, yeah. Yep. Um, I thought the game was beautiful as well. I thought it was lovely. I It did have the smallest Pokedex of new Pokemon, which annoyed mm-hmm. me. Um, but I do think it set us on the path of all the games we have now. And I will say that I think it set up a very high standard that Sun and Moon, to me, did not live up to. I agree. I actually I, never finished Sun and Moon. I just didn't like it. I didn't either. I, I even bought Ultra Moon and I was like, this isn't interesting to me. I'm going to stop playing. Um, yeah. No, I did like the Alolan Pokemon. I loved that we got regional variances but Mm -hmm. i thought especially because that was the 20th anniversary game i was like "Mm, this is not working for me this is not i would like to go back and finish it especially because it is oh that's a 3ds game yes yes 3d oh well i would have to purchase the 3ds again oh it's funny that you brought up uh heart gold because i literally back in september was like i really want to play soul silver again Oh, I can get a, a DS Lite for forty, fifty dollars. That's great. Oh, this game's a hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like, well, I'll be emulating that one. Um, now, I know the question, the answer to this next question. We've talked about it before. You and I have a love for this Pokemon, but what is your single favorite Pokemon? If you picked one, what is your favorite? So this is tough. So I do have a number one favorite, but I think I also have a top team uh, and would like okay. to share both. But my favorite Pokemon okay. my favorite Pokemon of all time is, of course, Bulbasaur. Um, I love his whole evolutionary line. Um, I've grown to love Ivysaur, and I've, I love Venusaur, the final form. Yeah. Most Pokemon have that awkward teenager phase in the middle. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, that's my favorite Pokemon of all time. Um, a very close second, and we go into my core six is Gengar and the the mm-hmm. the uh, ghastly ha- haunter line. Um, I love Gengar. I have a Gengar jacket. Um, I happen to really love Ghost Pokemon. I love the Ghost Dog in yeah. the new game. I think he's great. Um, Me too. Uh, the rest of my uh, team for my top six is Xerneas, which is of course legendary from X and Y. Hyperior, who is uh, Rhydon's mm-hmm. final form. Wobbuffet, because it's Wobbuffet. He's just awesome. And Vanellux, the ice cream Pokemon that has not really appeared in a very long time. And I miss dearly. And that's such a fun combination of Pokemon that, like, I expect people to enjoy. And then a few that, like, you're probably not going to see anybody else coming through with. Like, yep. Unfortunately, I have no idea what they're like their like strategy is for versus battles like i doubt it's a good team comp for that i just like those pokemon every time i've talked asked the dream team question i always posit as the idea of in the anime in a world where they bend the rules of of what i you know what what type of attacks the pokemon can learn in those kinds of things i was like i like to think of the dream team in that idea of just you know uh what pokemon would you want to travel with and then your bond would make them extraordinary so you know because nobody nobody's 
Nobody's Pikachu does what Ash's Pikachu does. No one's yeah. Greninja does what Ash's Greninja is. They are specifically their own. So it's, you know, it is it is a thing that I say, pick your team and then the rest be had. Now, yeah. if let's say in this version of the Pokemon world mm-hmm. to go after a legendary legally, let's mm-hmm. say you have to register with a professor and or a researcher who has background in that legendary. You agree to help them do the research. A lot of things that you do in the game, but you're only allowed to register to find one legendary in your entire career as a trainer. What mm-hmm. single legendary would you go after? I think you've given us the answer, but yeah, it's Xerneas. Um, yeah. Xerneas. I, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it correctly, but yeah, uh, he would be, my number one i just i i really like his design the deer style it gives me like um like princess mononoke vibes a little bit oh clearly that game is very even though it's french it is so clearly inspired by by hayao miyazaki and the entire like art art library of studio ghibli which you and i talked about on saturday morning confidential if anybody hasn't listened to that episode go back and listen to that now it's a great episode <laughs> it is yes um, um but yeah that's easily yeah. my favorite legendary although i will say that the legendary from scarlet is a close second because of the bond you form and is, uh-huh. is um uh, comedon i believe um and so or Coridon, i think it's Coridon. yeah Coridon. Uh, so he's a close second and might actually become my first just because of, like I said, that bond. Um, mm-hmm. I also know I gave you my dream team before you asked for it, but if I had to sub out my legendary, I would of course put Doc Spun, the brand new bread dog in his place Cute. because I, well, which makes Pokemon. sense. Take a, take a fairy out, put a fairy in. Like it yep. makes, makes, I also loved Xerneas because the moment we got fairy type, I was like, yes, yes. One yes. for us. <laughs> yes. And yeah. And the fact that it was regal and beautiful, it's fairy. And I believe fairy steel. Am, am I making that up correctly? Or is that? Uh, Xerneas, I think, is Fairy Steel, yes. Yeah. And then I think we would see that again in Sword and Shield. But I just loved that combination. Uh, Well, we're seeing a wonderful little Fairy Steel who is an absolute Bowser of a character in Scarlet and Violet. And I love Tinkerton so much. And the absolute batshitness of why you should always read the Pokedex uh, um, entries. I love that they're just giving beef in this game. Like, I love it so much, especially because like Zarina has always been one of my favorite, just like bitchy Pokemon as like hashtag very gay um <laughs> and then it's just like she's like i am a dancer and i hate quaquavel because i am the dancer pokemon i came first and i was like "Ooh, the girls are fighting yeah, <laughs> yeah i love tinkerton so, because it blatantly says that tinkerton uh Corviknight can't be around tinkerton because tinkerton will just beat the snot out of it for for not really any reason no, and the fact that they live in piles of scrap metal and build their hammers out of corvinite yeah. and then beat the shit out of each other in order to make sure they have a good hammer. And I was like, that's some dark crystal Jim Henson bullshit. And I'm here <laughs> for it. Now, a question I didn't give you in advance that's kind of come up as I've gone through, and I think it's been fun for certain people. So Pokemon does something really interesting with its NPCs where it gives them a personality type. It gives them a character type. We kind of know roughly the category of 
Pokemon they're going to use. We know what areas in the game. And the further we've gone, the more interesting body type and age-wise they've gotten. I'm obsessed with this idea that you're never too old to be a student of the Pokemon Academy in yeah. Scarlet and Violet. That's really special to me. Also, maybe it's because some of the trainers look like me. And yeah. so I just really, especially from a Japanese sensibility where they kind of often really honor and objectify like Western whiteness and blondness and fitness and yeah. those things. It's nice to see so many people that, okay, we got to talk about this for a second. Um, I will get back to this question. Can we talk about how for a Japanese made game, how gay this game is? Oh my God. Scarlet so gay. Violet is so gay. So gay. Also the epitome of like the, the like, female queer gaze and the male queer gaze like it is it's so evident just by the elite four also like larry larry's the hero of the new pokemon game i just love larry a normal type trainer who's just a dude just a guy going to work tired and he's he's just tired tired. all the time relatable hashtag relatable I think they looked and they were like, okay, what's going to be really relatable to the 30, 35 to 42 year old Pokemon players who have been playing since the beginning? What? And I was like, it's because we're all working shitty corporate jobs that we really don't like, but like, we're just here, man. And I love seeing young Gen Z, like 18, 19, 20 year olds queer video gamers on TikTok getting angry that the older generation is loving larry and being like yo this man this this man slaps and they were like what is it about and i was like oh sweetie you'll get there soon you'll get it give it 10 years you'll (laughs) figure it out um but yeah it's just i mean toro from the beginning also mom mommy uh, mommy professor from scarlet uh you know it's it's uh, soda 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 i believe yeah and then i mean and then we got the homac professor oh my god <laughs> friend of the CPOV podcast network, uh, Jesse D. The minute I got the game, went, please tell me when you got to get to the home ec for the first time. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you just got to tell me. I was like, okay. And then I took the home ec class and I went, oh, I see now. Okay. I understand. Oh, I see. Bar, bar, bar I've been called out. I, I've been oh, called yes. out. <laughs> but also, I like that we help him work through his toxic masculinity. Like, yeah. I love that. Also, that he's the home ec teacher. I'm not even to that part of the game yet, but I know that. But also, can I tell you, uh, the moment that somebody genders Penny as she, I was like, did you just misgender Penny? Because <laughs> I'm sorry, Penny is a they, them. Ione is a she, them. Uh, I feel like Larry is a he, them, he, they, uh, just because I, this game just feels so uniquely not from the scope. Also how very NB all of the character creation is in this game. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you can't really change the clothes, but like it's type I one or type thing. two, you know, they don't, they yeah. don't make a big thing about gender. Yeah. I think I really spent like 20 minutes building my little character, which is very funny. And I ended up with like a pink haired pidge from Voltron. And I was like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> this, this checks out. I do wish you could change the body type. I think was yeah. my only thing with that, but yeah, like that is what it is. But you know, we we're seeing these really fun, rich. Oh, also the like Barra Ace Trainer boys in those red polos with just the heaving bosoms. Oh my god! And the big and, ladies, just all the, the butch ladies, ladies too. I was like, man, coming out with She Hulk, this is everything. We've and like needed. one of the Elite Four, I can't remember their name now. Is or is, is she? But like, yeah. is a is a Twinkie, yeah, slender like 
like she they for sure well, like it just and then we have the canonically the uh the elite four member who's married or partners with the grass trainer mm-hmm. is canonically in game but also we have the very effeminate male ice trainer i think with like yes. the pastel hair mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really again it takes so little for us to be like yes this is our game but also looking at the three starters this is our game like weed cat gay duck and and himbo crocodile <laughs> with one marble in their brain yes that, yes that is for us um but you know we've gotten these great npcs and pokemon's always been great with the npcs and kind of embracing them like i feel like you probably appreciate the street art artist that Mm -hmm. is the npc in this game i love it so if you had to pick an npc type to be your trainer type if you were you know if it wasn't a a game about you what npc would you be i mean i'd obviously be the podcaster pokemon trainer (laughs) yeah and i and i would have like loudron and um gengar just for the hell of it but like i would have like all sound based pokemon uh-huh. Oh, well, I'm going to put a pen in that. We're going to come back to that very soon. <laughs> I, I do think I love the Poke Fanatic looking absolutely unhinged in this game with the clearly like felted knit sweater. That's amazing. With the different Pokemon faces. I do think at this point it was like, why don't we have the Pokemon podcaster or the like the Pokemon content creator, which we get with Ione. I thought yep. that was brilliant. But I was like the Poke Fanatic. I really should have like a microphone like hooked up <laughs> to like, uh, like uh, a character. But that makes sense. So let's say you've done your you've done your hero's journey you Mm -hmm. beat the elite four you've become the champion you come home to be a hometown hero and they say oh you've done such a good job we want you to take over one of the gyms this doesn't have to be your main team but we want you to go be a gym trainer for a gym leader for a while what gym would you take over for them as much as I want to say plant because I love bubble Star so much, the reality is I don't love a lot of plant Pokemon, mm-hmm. even though bubble Star is my favorite. I think it would probably be a ghost gym because mm-hmm. I can very easily name a ton of ghost Pokemon that I want, like yep. Chandelure and Gengar and yep. like it, it just um, the, the the new ghost dog. I can't remember his name from Scarlet. Yeah, like, sweet boy. Uh, I, I very much would be a go a ghost gym leader, I think, because also like I I can dress very femme and I can dress very NB, which I am, but I often also just like in relax is wearing a black t shirt yeah. and black jeans, and so like I, I lean into yeah. like the goth ghost trainer uh, stereotype a little bit, which is fine. I've accepted that about my life. Now, the idea I like that as we're kind of moving forward through the Pokemon franchise, this idea of open worlding, and it's kind of really, truly alter how we play the game, how we approach the game. I like this idea that we could go more towards this idea of gyms that are based on concept and themes versus just a type so that it's truly about building a strategy, kind of like... um, Pokemon Coliseum did a little bit in the early days where you had to build that strategy of knowing every battle was a double battle. Mm -hmm. So if you were given the opportunity to open a gym in this new area that was based on a concept, what would your concept be? I mean, like I hinted at, I think it would be podcaster and sound base. And I would pick a ton of sound base Pokemon, which like there aren't there like, like Loudrand, obviously, sound-based Pokemon. Um, but like then you have Pokemons like Jigglypuff, who's a singer, you know, who I would also probably have. And or um, um, there is a parrot, uh, a Chatta, 
which Chana. is like a which is a parrot Pokemon that has like a music note shaped head. Uh, Blossom, who also sings um, yeah. Cricket Tune, because the sound that Pokemon makes every time you see it, it's sirens, and it's just it makes my skin yep. crawl. I hate it, so I would use him. <laughs> um, and then probably um, Bronzor, because I just like the the mm -hmm. steel sound that he makes. Well, yeah. the and he's the uh, Bronzong more specifically because yeah. he's the giant bell. Yep. Uh, it's funny. So I love this question, uh, if I do say so myself. And so I decided that it would be fun to also come up with one for every single guest that I have. Okay. But what's really funny, and it shows that we are friends, is I also said the podcatcher gym uh, <laughs> with the Pokemon like Cricketune, Jigglypuff, yeah. Chatot, Exploud, uh, Seismitoad, and Electra, uh, Electrovire. So yeah. the, the third level, just because you need you need some electricity there. But right. I, I had to know that you were also going to pick something similar. I've done a different one for everybody, and you know, it's been it's been a good time so far. Also, just because I love these silly games. I think that kind of thinking conceptually about it is. Now, I'm sure you remember back when like Red Dead Redemption and Skyrim were coming out, and people were truly marveled by the game that we were playing and kind of the level of story the level of exploration i mean uh -huh. i loved in red dead redemption being able to literally wander off and play poker for four hours <laughs> in game and yeah. it was fun so there's always been this idea uh people started talking about like and i'm sure you remember when like the youtube video of a 3d rendered pokemon open world game was going yeah. around and people were like oh my god this could be the future you know it's taken us 12 years to get there so a little longer um but uh a lot of people posited early they were like what if you could control your path in a way that wasn't always about saving the day maybe right. you're not always the hero maybe early on you pick the villain's path instead of the hero's path and you know logistically we'll probably never get that game the closest thing we truly do have is pokemon coliseum where you are an anti-hero you left the villain organization yeah. so you're trying to save pokemon but it's just because it's the ethical thing to do not because you want to be the hero but um so this idea that you could join a villain syndicate instead of being the hero if you had to pick one of the syndicates to join out of the history of the Pokemon universe, which syndicate would you join? I mean, I f like I like a bunch of them, but I feel like it really would have to be Team Rocket, mostly because Jesse and James are the gayest. Absolutely. And, and I would want to work under their tutelage with Meowth uh -huh. as well. And so I think uh -huh. it would definitely be Team Rocket. I would get them, you know, get their shit together and make sure that they knew what they were doing and we would finally catch Pikachu. Um <laughs> But then I'd, we'd probably just like give Pikachu back because I'd feel bad because I'm not a good villain. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, they're, I, I talk about them every episode, I think, because the interesting <laughs> thing about Team Rocket is it's such a large organization that you could literally be doing petty larceny and ripping people off, or you could be committing acts of terrorism in the same afternoon, depending on what level of the organization you're in. <laughs> yeah. It's very MLM. I mean, Giovanni is, you know, it's a very traditional Italian mob. Yakuza or not Yakuza. Um, oh, what's the Japanese mob? What are they called? They don't use Yakuza. They have the Yakuza. That I was close. Yakuza. You got, you're getting there. Um, yeah, Makusa is the the evil transphobic wizard organization. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
but you know so it's one of those things you could just be a jesse and james that just want to like prove themselves to dead to giovanni and like call it a day or you know you could be bonnie and clyde butch and cassidy doing truly evil things but yeah no i had a guest on the show uh b decker and she said she's trans because of jesse and james and i was like yeah that checks yeah, that out, checks out. I, i'm All pansexual for the same reason i mean yeah like, like i i looked world. at jesse and went oh okay i'm into it and then i looked at james and went oh yeah no that works too i i'm, I'm good uh, with both there's so much of my like chaotic femme like power energy that like I pull directly from James because like <laughs> no one ever had bigger titties than James and never it's was true. nobody was ever more dominant and in charge than Jesse and so I'm Correct. just like here for both of it like it's just <laughs> so I guess the bigger question is conceptually what keeps you coming back to Pokemon and I guess the bigger question is because you did leave the franchise for a while what made you leave and what made you come back and kind of what keeps you going beyond just being a gamer? So um, it's very important that when, when Matt calls me a gamer, it's with a Y in the middle. It's just very important oh, to point that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I left the franchise because in college I didn't have a ton of time to play games. I wasn't playing a lot of games and I just didn't enjoy my time with Pearl. So I was like, eh, I don't need to play these anymore. And I wasn't gone for very long because I think Black Two was Black and Black Black One and Two were the next two games, yeah, which are the ones I played. But I think there was at least a year or two between them, maybe. Oh, it, well, yeah, definitely because there was. I mean, I feel like there was a thousand years between Diamond and Pearl, Platinum, and then Black and White. Well, yes, that's right. I feel and so like there were a thousand years between them. And so, like, at that time, the reason I left is I just wasn't really into it in the moment. And then what brought it back, to, what brought me back to it is a friend, my friend Andrew bought me Black One as a gift. And then I bought myself Black Two shortly after I finished it. Um, what keeps me coming back now, because I didn't love Sword and Shield. It was fun. But I, I finished the story, but I never did the post game and I never collected all the Pokemon. But what, what really energized me is the the direction of the games. Like the open world of Arceus, like being able to sneak around and just catch Pokemon, you mm -hmm. technically didn't have to fight. 90% of the Pokemon was so cool to me. Um, but also my community. Like I have a bunch of friends that I play the Pokemon games with regularly because they love them. One, Kenneth Shepard, who is now currently over Kotaku, was formerly a fan bite, like really loves Pokemon, is a diehard Raichu fan. Um, I could probably recite his core six because we've talked about it a bunch, but like his excitement for the franchise kind of reinvigorated me. And like when, um, when Ar Arceus came out, Arceus, Arceus, I don't care, whichever, take yeah, your pick. Me either, yeah. Um, like we were on Discord. It's a mostly single player game except for trading, but we were still on Discord together almost every night talking about what we caught, who needed what to trade. You had to complete the Pokedex to finish the story in that one that was a smaller one. And so we were trading back and forth. Like just, I was way more into it and excited. And so when, and then so when the newest one came out, Scarlet and Violet, it was the same kind of fervor. I mean, now that I've finished the story, like we've been talking spoilers and there's a lot of stuff to theorize in the final hours of the game. But like, I, I just really... I think community is the thing that always brings me back to these games. And st it started with sword and shield specifically. So the raids debuted in that and they brought the raids back mm -hmm. for this game and like, but in this game, you're also able to join a PlayStation with other people and run around the world and do your mission separately or do raids together. And I've done that a bunch with Jeff and Alex already. Um, and we don't even get on a voice call. We just message each other on discord. And we're like, all right, we're ready. Let's yeah. do this one or let's do that one. 
Um, but hanging out on a Discord call and just running around and doing the raids and doing that kind of stuff, I think has been what really got me back into the Pokemon games in a big way. You know, I enjoyed Brilliant Diamond, I think, because it was a more traditional Pokemon game yeah. that still had a lot of the bells and whistles like XP share and stuff that made it an easier experience. Because again, these are for children. I love these games, but they are for children. They are not meant Absolutely. to be mm-hmm. impossibly difficult, um, though there are meant to be challenges. And so, like, I, I think ultimately the community and being able to play with my friends is the thing that I look forward to most, especially now being friends with Alex and my incredible co-host Jeff, because like they get excited about those games too. And like, we're often talking about it in the lead up. And of course I'm talking with you as well. Like, and so being able to have that like communal conversation around the games in a way that I just didn't have years ago, especially pre-internet. Um, it's just, I think that has made all of gaming better, but specifically of course, for me, Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's, I mean, I think I always reference that the summer where we had three weeks of world peace when Pokemon <laughs> Go came out. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just a reminder that even if there are people who have not played since the original 151, and of course those people are going to be like, those are the only ones that matter. They're still going to have a conversation with you about Pikachu. They're going to have a conversation about the starters. They're going to, because it's still visible. And I think the information is still close enough that people can have all the info, even if they don't want to play the games. Yeah. And I think that's really important. It's really special and there's always bringing new people into the folds i mean i generally dislike children i don't like spending time with children but my ex-partner and i liked playing the card game and so we would go to the local big card shop in syracuse and we would be the only ones playing and then like moms would show up and just want to be able to drink their mimosas and hang out with the other moms And they'd be like could you guys like play with them and we'd be like yeah, we'll teach them how to play. That's fine. And it was like the one time that I was like, oh, I don't mind hanging out with a kid for like <laughs> 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was fine. And and the guys that ran the, the Pokemon League there were like, that's so nice. Here's some extra like prizes for you. And I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Because that was the year they gave out like patches. And I was like, mm-hmm. I will do anything for a Pokemon patch that I can put on a jacket. <laughs> yeah, I have a similar story. So um, ever since meeting my incredible spouse, Sarah Storm, um, I've gotten very close with uh, their family and I love my nephew Asher to death and my nephew Ethan, who's my brother's kid. Uh, Asher is my brother-in-law's kid and Ethan's old enough now. He's going to college, which is weird to say out loud about my nephew from my brother. Um, but uh, yes. <laughs> so so when we talk about the Pokemon games, it's like we're talking about them, but like he is, he's mm-hmm. p- playing with his own friends. We never play together. My, uh, my nephew Asher, however, was I think 10 when we first started when he first started playing video games and like has always loved pokemon cards and collected them never played the pokemon card game just loved collecting the cards and so when he could play the games we'd always talk about it he'd talk to me about the games and then i think it was with sword and shield was the first time i was like oh can we trade and then when uh brilliant diamond and shining pearl came out we actually bought separate versions like i bought brilliant diamond so Mm -hmm. he bought shining pearl and so we could play together and trade the rare pokemon to each other so in the lead up to scarlet and violet um about two it came out a week before a week before his birthday or like the week of his birthday i we we called him on um facetime and i was like hey asher so for your birthday this year instead of you trying to figure out what to get yourself i am going to buy both versions of the new pokemon scarlet and violet because i know you're undecided and then i will come to you give you your birthday present you will choose the one you want and i will keep the other and then we can trade and you can both play the games and so we did that and so i I secretly wanted scarlet um because mommy but uh i 
I I was gonna play whichever one he he didn't want because I the the shared experience is I I did that I showed up to my brother in law's house with both games he picked the one he wanted and then he ran upstairs to play it uh, and uh, we haven't had we were supposed to spend time together during Thanksgiving but my dog got sick and so we haven't spent time together yet but I'm excited for when we get together for Hanukkah in a week or two from now um, as of when we're recording we will probably be doing a lot of that playing and talking about Pokemon and trading. And he's just always so excited to talk about it. And I know in another couple of years, he's going to do what my other nephew does, which is like one word answers. But until that time, like I'm latching on to every time he wants to talk about Pokemon. And I think that's why this game is also so much more special to me because I'm sharing that experience with my nephew, even if we're not playing the game together. Yeah, that's so special. That's so lovely. I mean, and a lot of people have talked about how the games are something they always do with their sibling. I mean, this is the first time my sibling and I are like near enough to each other where like because I'm staying with my folks for a little bit during the holidays and she and I are like playing and she'll be like, oh, my God, come look at this Pokemon because she's playing while I'm like editing an episode or something. <laughs> and it's so fun because I think there's been a couple gens that she didn't play. And so she'll see a Pokemon. She's like, oh, my God, look at this great new Pokemon. And I'll be like, oh, my God, that's been around for a while. But I love that you love that Pokemon so much. <laughs> yeah. Like it's been. But to just hear the stories of everybody, like it's the one thing that keeps them bonded to their sibling or or family member. I think it's just really special and really powerful and and really the beautiful thing about the franchise is you can come and stay as long as you want or as long as it's right for you. Mm-hmm. And then you can always come back if that's right. And it's just, there's no stress. There's no preamble about it. And it's just beautiful. It's nostalgic. We've gotten one of the, if not the best video game adaptation, live action movie out of it. We've got oh my God, yeah. anime. Like, it's just so much where uh, I guess this takes me to our last question, which is what are you most hopeful for the video game franchise, but also as the franchise as a whole? So, I mean, I like the direction the games are going in. I was a little disappointed that we took a couple steps back from RCS to um, uh, Scarlet and Violet. But I also understand that RCS is a side series. Honestly, if we get a bunch of other games where you get sucked into the past to to sneak around and do a different version mm-hmm. like i i love different time the idea of different time periods with pokemon a few other spin-off games have done that and so uh i'm i'm hopeful that we will continue to get those branches and that it wasn't a one-off um i like the open world format i like being able to throw a pokeball to catch pokemon i hope we, they bring that back but i also do like the newer versions of the battles in this game the fact that you kind of let your pokemon go and just tear shit up um that that's fun it's not super useful but it's fun um i like the exploration i like that you've got a pokemon that's essentially a vehicle to help you get around like i am i am very i'm hopeful for a lot of the quality of life improvements they put in scarlet and violet it's not a perfect game i think that the three branching paths is a smart choice i think making for sure no matter what the championship path being a separate path from the main story like functionally separate paths is a good idea um, I cannot tell you why I like this split, three split path without spoiling the ending. So you just need to beat it and trust me. I will reach out as soon as I beat it. <laughs> um, I've literally been harassing my friends. Like, did you beat it yet? I need to talk about this. Have you beat it yet? Have you beat it yet? I did it with Alex. Um, and we have talked about it since. But like, I, I think what keeps me hopeful about the franchise as a whole is they're learning to grow in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. The, the Pokemon Center, for all of its expensiveness, and it is pricey, has made some of the most quality Pokemon related stuff. Like I have a fossil Pokemon wallet. That's a genuinely legit, very good wallet. I have an incredible like starter jacket 
uh, Gengar coat that I love that is my gym trainer coat as far as I'm concerned. Um, but like the fashion and other stuff and even spinoff companies that do their like the partner with it. There's just been some really cool stuff for me as a Pokemon fan as an adult. Um, but the thing I want most predominantly to continue in the future of this franchise is for it to continue to cater to kids first. I love it and I love being a part of it, but it, it is not made for me. If I enjoy it, that's great. But it is made for children. It is an incredible franchise for children. The anime is made for children. The cards are made for young kids. Like I, I want that to continue to be the focus. Mm -hmm. I never want a dark and gritty Pokemon no game. No. And like we we ran that risk with uh, Detective Pikachu. Thankfully, it didn't go. And it was a little dark in the beginning, like when you're trying to mm -hmm. figure stuff out. But it catered to humor. It still catered to to being a children's movie, um, an older children's movie. I think you yeah. probably like didn't want to be a little little kid i would be terrified oh, of no. some of those pokemon the apom absolutely oh my god awful ludiculo yeah like come on <laughs> but like i i am confident that we're going to continue to get some cool stuff from them and try new things like we're obviously if we don't get a direct sequel to De detective pikachu we are going to get more live action movies because that was such yeah. a huge success um and so i i am optimistic in that respect I, you know i just i really hope that they let let game freak rest let them take a nap, mm -hmm. please. Like, take a couple years off. I don't need another Pokemon game. You don't need another Pokemon mm -hmm. game. Like, we've had so many games. And, like, mm -hmm. I still haven't, like I said, I haven't finished Heart Gold. There are a bunch of spinoffs. I still haven't finished New Pokemon Snap. Like, there yep. are tons of Pokemon games. Like, we didn't even talk about the spinoffs, which have come out intermittently while all these other games are coming out, too. Mm -hmm. Usually they're by different developers, but still, it's so much stuff. And, like, the inundation is so key to media these days. And I just don't think it's necessary anymore. Take a couple of years off, wait for the next gen switch or whatever system, make another brand new Pokemon game and like continue to grow the world. I think the open world is the right way to do it. But I think if they're going in the, you know, the Ubisoft soft of it all direction, which the map, this map was cluttered and akin to that, mm -hmm. but not as manageable yeah. or malleable. They need to make some improvements. Like it wasn't as streamlined as it could have been, but I'm excited in the direction it's going. And I am hopeful that they will continue to grow in that direction. Me too. I, I think the biggest thing was just that there should have been a full year between RCS and Scarlet and Violet. So yes. those two teams could have interacted because there was something that I just don't think a lot of people realize is that every Pokemon game has a different team. When you've got something like um the Diamond and Pearl remake was a completely different company. Yep. Um and so I think they just needed that little space in there um, or at least be able to kind of talk back and forth. Cause I didn't even think about that. Like most people that make a Pokemon game have never made a Pokemon game before. And so right. other than, I think now we're seeing the point where it's people in our age group who are being fans who are working in the industry, who are making games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is their biggest thing, but you know, this is released with the DLC more or less ready to go. I'm sure they're judging it, but like, It'll be, it'll release probably in half a year or whatever this summer yeah. it'll release. And then we won't have a game probably for another two years. Two God, years, I hope so. Fine. I really yeah, do. I think they are locked into that three year um, so that we always know there's a new Pokemon game every three years. But I'm hoping that we just take some more time because that's what we need. And we don't need a thousand games. I do think 
exploring the past as much as they want to explore the future is the smart way to go. Yeah. I mean, we have the Pokemon war from the original anime that is now canon in the video games, but yep. we also have that like thousand years war from X and Y mm-hmm. to give us a very like war of the roses tutor Pokemon. Yep. I also would love to see like the idea of colonization and fighting against colonization with like a Mesoamerican past, I think would be yeah. really great. Um, I also think that could be a fun way to go with a Pokemon live action movie is give me the Bridgerton of it all. Give me the Jane Austen of it all. Give me a costume period piece with Pokemon. I think yeah. it'd be delightful. Agreed. Absolutely wonderful. Um, with Aubrey Plaza as the villain, I think would Obviously. be so necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just... I think we'll still be talking about and playing Pokemon as long as the world does not crumble around us Uh, in 25 years for the 50th. I think we were 24 years. We will be here for the 50th and it will be a wonderful time and it'll just keep growing. And there's not many other franchises that we can say that for a hundred percent. And that's just really something that's special about Pokemon. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, I think the why the franchise continues to be special to me is because of the fr- it's cheesy to say but the friends I made along the way right like yeah you know especially for the last uh, for this game and the last game like I didn't you know we all have only known each other for a handful of years like I didn't know you mm-hmm. that well when Sword and Shield came out even though I you know. were friendly and like to be able to talk to people about these games that I never would have spoken to about them before makes the community grow I I you mentioned the past and I am curious how because we just got a remake of diamond and pearl and so the next one on the on the chopping block is black and white and i'm curious when we'll get a remake for that what that'll look like how much of a remake it'll be because like i liked brilliant diamond but it was Mm -hmm. a pretty phoned in remake as far as like graphically it was fine you know they didn't they still did the top down view which i don't mind but like would black and white be remade in the engine that they used for mm-hmm. Scarlet and Violet? Is that a thing that we could get? Cause that's pretty cool. If we get like an old Pokemon game in the new engines, because as many times as they've remade uh, the original Pokemon games, that would be a cool way to get another upgrade to those games mm-hmm. um, or even gen two. So that's kind of the uh, stuff I think mm-hmm. about too. Can I tell you if they're going to do that? I want crystal. I want crystal in <laughs> version. I just want it. I do yeah. there. I mean, but I'm biased. That's, you know, that was my first gen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will well, also because black and white, a lot of people loved also because it's the American, the season based on the Americas. So like, yeah. it would be really cool to see that design, actually see that world fully 3D rendered and not in sprites. But, you know, maybe give it God, because that movie that those games, I feel like came out yesterday, but also <laughs> came out, you know, it was over a decade ago. That those came out. Yeah. So like, probably I'll have to look that date up. But, you know, Something interesting because we, you know, we talked about the uh, that I give away a code for the TCG app that I'm hoping this will also get some a lot of people into playing that as well. We are not sponsored, but hey, uh, Pokemon, if you want to have a sponsor. Also, you know, it's really funny at this point. They haven't done an official Pokemon podcast, which I think is really unusual. It seems like a waste, too, right? Like everything has an official podcast now. Why wouldn't they? do that and 
and so many celebrities play Pokemon. Like so mm-hmm. many people love Pokemon. Like I, I would love to hear like Dua Lipa talk about her love of Pokemon or like somebody that you wouldn't expect to play. Yeah. Like even if it's a 30 minute interview about like their favorite Pokemon, it's why I created this show. Cause like, you know, you guys are all incredible to me, but like, I, I think it's just fun. Cause I love talking about Pokemon and even looking online that most Pokemon podcasts that started didn't last long. So that's why I've done this just cause I think for the year that I'm doing, this it'll be really fun and maybe we'll bring it back when the next game comes out who knows what will happen but the most important thing about getting that download code from us is that you need to enter a password and today's password is bulbasaur that's right today's password is bulbasaur be the first to respond to our instagram story on the day it comes out and it's yours now matt storm Thank you for taking a break from your journey to be the best that ever was to be on the show today. We appreciate it. Why don't you give us another wrap up of where everybody can find you and all of your projects online? Sure. Thank you again for having me. I love podcasting with you, Matt. I know that at this point, it's just your secret plan to do more podcasts than me. You're just going to keep stacking them up. And I get it. You know, it's fine. We can keep competing for the Matt who has the most podcasts. (laughs) Um, But no, in all seriousness, I love collaborating with you. You've become one of my favorite collaborators over the year and years. And hopefully we'll get to hang out in person again real soon. Um, Yes, please. I would love that. But uh, you can find me uh, most prominently, as long as it's still around by the time this airs, on Twitter at DJ (laughs) underscore Storm. I am on most socials as DJ underscore Stormageddon, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch. Um, the best place to find everything that I do is at www.djstormageddon.com. No underscore in that one. Uh, it has all of the podcasts that I host, that I edit, that I produce. Um, I produce, um, I, I, I make too much stuff. Um, I used to do a lot more Twitch streaming and DJing. I don't do that as much as I used to. But uh, but yeah, if you want to support my content and the stuff that I make, uh, I said the C word. Yep, I went there. Uh, you can, again, go to www.djstormageddon.com. My Kofi's there. My merch store is there. Buy a mug. You'll make me happy. Uh, yeah. And if you uh, enjoyed this episode, hit me up on social. I would love to chat with you. All right, folks, you heard it here. Coming up next, we have Oaks Pokemon Talk. And later, tune into Burma's Password, where real people like you win real prizes. As always, friends, I'm your Poke host, Maddie Limerick. And until next time, it's you and me and Pokemon. Hey there, Screen Beans. Have you heard about Screen Snark? Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't Screen Beans until they listen to the show. Fine. Potential Screen Beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network. Or wherever you get your podcasts, fresh and tasty off the presses. What? But that's no, that's not. Can I call them screen beans now? Fine. Screen beans. So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Cause you're a whole screen beans now. You will be mine.
Thank you for listening to the Champion's Path, a Pokemon podcast presented by Saturday Morning Confidential, a part of the Certain POV Media Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential and on Instagram at SMC Podcast. There you can follow our link tree to every podcast platform under the sun where you can listen to our show. You can find us along with all of the incredible shows on the Certain POV Network at CertainPOV.com. Saturday Morning Confidential and Dreamer Productions do not own Pokemon. In games or media form, this show is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only. And our ending credit music is Jungle Cavern by Brett Eaglestein. Join us next time for another journey down the champion's path. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.